0: Welcome to the Cyber Rants Podcast, where we're all about sharing the forbidden secrets and slightly embellished truths about corporate cybersecurity programs. We're ranting, we're raving, and we're telling you the stuff that nobody talks about on their fancy website and trade show giveaways, all to protect you from cybersecurity criminals. And now, here's your hosts Mike Rotondo, Zach Fuller, and Laura Chavez. Hello and welcome to the Cyber Rants podcast. This is your co-host Zach Fuller, joined by Mike Rotondo and Laura Chavez. Uh, today we are going to kick it off in the usual fashion. A lot of stuff going on in the news for the past well, a couple months really. Basically, very very critical times. Some interesting stuff happening. Mike, why don't you dive right into it?
1: Right on, Zach. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I am going to kick off the news, and hopefully, I don't think I don't have any. I don't think I have any solar winds headlines. So. Uh... Let's keep our fingers crossed. But I do have Microsoft Headlines. Windows desktop servers now used to amplify DDoS attacks. Yep. We got another problem with Microsoft. RDP enabled on UDP 3389 has an amplification ratio of 85.9 to 1. It's just being used by ransomware all over the place. And it's it's a big problem. A password stolen via phishing campaign available through Google search. The Linux server hosted on Microsoft Azure was hacked and they are now delivering out Passwords, So it's all good. DreamBus freakout botnets pose new threat to Linux systems. I just like saying DreamBus freakout botnets, but uh, there's another malware out there on Linux. So uh, if you believe you got Linux, you're not safe. Hackers hijacked cloud accounts of high-tech and aviation firms hidden systems for years. You know, we've talked about the cloud before and the security of the cloud before. It's something you definitely have to consider, that you have to look at the security of the cloud. It doesn't mean you're safe just because you're in the cloud. So anyway, these people hacked in and they were in there for years literally just stealing data Uh, fraudsters are using google forms to evade email filters yet another way around mail uh, is manipulating google forms Another ransomware now uses DDoS attacks to force victims to pay. The new the new methodology um, from SunCrypt and Ragnar Locker is to, if you don't pay, we're gonna DDoS you. New wormable Android malware spreading through WhatsApp. Um, I know a lot of people think WhatsApp is a great tool that it's available, that it's uh, easy to use and it's pretty secure, but we got malware spreading through it, so be careful. North Korea linked campaign target security experts via social media. This is the second time I've heard about this this week and I know Laura, you brought this up also. The North Koreans are attacking security experts. We also got an email. I think it was from Sonic Wall or one of those that a red eye that talked about how Google's already been hit up on the stuff. So be careful out there. Be careful who you talk to. Targeted phishing attacks strike high ranking company executives. Yep. The guy in the corner office is your worst enemy when it comes to security uh, because they're being attacked and they're not paying attention to the phishing training necessarily. So be careful. DDoS attackers exploit vulnerable Microsoft RDP servers. This kind of dovetails off the one I said earlier. Um, again, this is becoming a big deal. Uh, new attack could lead re- let remote attackers target devices on internal networks. So this is using NAT slip streaming and we always think that, oh, it's on the internal network so it has some compensating controls in place. I'm figuring out a way around it. it uh, CVE-2020-16043 and CVE 2021, 23961 um, are the exploits. Uh, DDoS attacks surge in 2020 due to COVID-19, as if 2020 wasn't bad enough already. Uh, we have this new DDoS uh, continuation. Dovetailing off uh, what we were talking about, with high-level officials, phishing scheme shows CEOs may be most valuable asset and greatest vulnerability. Make your CEOs take the training. And that's all the headlines I got. If they don't want to take the training, make them take it. Anyway.
2: Yep. <laughs> right. I, I, I for one, am really tired of listening to the executives give excuses as to why they can't make time for the awareness training or the fishing training that's coming out automated. Yeah, I'm talking to you out there. You're listening to this.
1: I think you got to play to their ego and tell them, you know, you are so important that it's so valuable that you get this training done because you are that important. And maybe, maybe they'll get in there.
2: But but DreamBus Botnet really, I kind of yeah. like that. I'm, I'm gonna name I'm gonna name the dance club that I'm gonna I'm gonna build one day called DreamBus Botnet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's cool. right. I wonder, if, I wonder if that's a Microsoft product. <laughs> 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 All right, so I uh, want to talk about two exploits uh, this week that I think are really 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 important. The first one, most everybody in the community uh, probably has already heard about. It. It's the SonicWall SSL VPN, um, the Visual Door that was posted uh, by uh, Mr. Infamous himself. And so make, make sure um, if you've got SSL VPN version eight running that you're you're following SonicWall's instructions and, and you're upgrading that. Um, so that that remote code execution um, exploit is available on exploit database. It's the, it's the top choice for today um, actually. So <laughs> make sure you're patching that. And then the other one I'm talking about is jQuery 1.12. Um, There's a denial of service out for jQuery now jQuery is, you know, uh, application component inside of web, um, web applications typically and I always see these web vulnerabilities coming up when I'm doing uh, penetration testing for you know older jQuery libraries and I've been talking about this is going to be a next attack surface that's focused on because it is highly, highly overlooked. I see lots of organizations doing patchings on their systems on Linux on Windows, they're ignoring the components inside their applications that are actually delivering content, and are also vulnerable. So um, no one's going to care about your Microsoft server when they can attack your weak jQuery that you've had since 2004 uh, in your website. So make sure you're looking at, at those application component plugins and getting them upgraded to the most current versions um, because these exploits are out. Again, this jQuery DOS available. It's uh, it's the number 10 hit today on ExploitDB. All right, turn it back over to you. All right, well, thank you both. Today's
0: topic is really one that is a, uh, a major problem. I know we talk about problems a lot here, for, but uh, our goal, of course, with the podcast is to help equip uh, organizational leaders and, and people within the cybersecurity and IT space to just get stronger at what they're doing. You know, We just want to share the knowledge that we come across uh, and, and what we learn along the way. In this particular case, it really comes down, again, to the people issue. Right. Really, uh, to be specific, building and keeping the team, because we've seen a lot of organizations that just uh, have tremendous amount of turnover and a very, very hard time staffing positions that are empty, that need to be filled. And the obvious reason for that is that uh, there's a huge shortage of cybersecurity professionals out there, which is true. Um, but it's also not a, it, It's not also to say that we keep, we have to just like sit on our hands and do nothing, right? We have to do something. It means because of the shortage, we have to be more competitive uh, as employers and more competitive in the way that we uh, create our company culture and and really build the environment for the cybersecurity. Uh, and tech professionals in general to thrive. And so, Mike, you've written a, quite a bit on this, and uh, not only in the book, but blog posts, and, and you've spoke on it and, and uh, at events and such. Do you want to kind of walk us through the, what you see as the the major problems out there, kind of the different phases that people go through throughout their career, what they might be looking for when? And, and I think that'll give a good basis on on how people can better recruit and and retain the the professionals
1: they have. Yeah, sure. One of the things that I have discovered, <clears throat> excuse me, through our own, my own personal journey and being in IT for, well, ever, <laughs> is that there are basically four phases of IT life. And that is newbie, beginner, mid-level, and senior or curmudgeon or however you want to refer to the seniors. One of the things I like to say about the seniors is it's not that you can't teach an old IT person new tricks. Sometimes an IT person is happy with the tricks they know. So keep that in mind. It's also a quote from our book. Yeah, so just taking pieces from my life. I look at you know my new job or my original job, my newbie job. I took whatever they gave me, right? Whatever was out there and uh, whatever I could get where I could get experience, right? I had just gotten my new MCSE back in the day when well, it's it was the nineties, so it's a long time ago. It was a big deal and I got a lot of travel and that was what it would work for me. Um and I went to my beginner. I, I, you know, spent a bunch of time in the bleeding edge of technology, learning things, working 16, 18 hours a day during the dot com phase. And then, you know, mid level hit where I started doing consulting. And senior level hit. And I didn't want to travel. I don't want to consult. I want to work in a job in an office, or actually from home. You know, be able to influence the influence the direction of a company's IT process. So. Um, there's different phases. Now I've kind of high leveled those. There's a lot we could go into on that. The reason I call it the phases is because you, when you are looking for an IT security person, you have to design the job for those specific phases. A senior level person is not going to be willing to do the same thing. A newbie person is, even though they more than meet the requirements for it. A mid-level person may be, and senior level person may be interchangeable, but a mid-level person is not going to do what a newbie or a beginner is. Also, you can't fit a round peg into a square hole. I know that's an old adage, but in reality, you're not going to convert someone who is an awesome you know, Cisco engineer necessarily into a Office 365 engineer or a Linux resource. It's just not going to happen. So you have to understand that people have different skill sets, mindsets, and you have to tailor the jobs descriptions, especially when you're looking for a job for that specific person and you tailor the workload. So if you really just need someone to do the scut work internally, reading logs and that sort of thing, don't target a high-level person. Target low-level people. Give them the experience. Let them grow into the job and then expand it from there. So that's that's kind of my feelings on the different types of jobs, the different kinds of uh, phases of IT life. <clears throat> I mean, it's not exhaustive and totally inclusive, but that's the big four buckets that I see. So that's what we're looking at. So, you, really, the key point here is tailor the job for the person that you're looking for, and hire that person. Because if you hire someone with too much experience for a newbie level position, they're going to leave real quick because they're going to get bored. Anyway, Laura, Zach, comments.
2: Well, no, I mean that's all. I mean that's that's all very truthful. The other thing I think is that don't don't try to reward, um, you know, because. You know, Zach and, and and we always try to, to emphasize that you know it's the it's the people that, that are really important. You can have all the cool technologies in the world without smart ind- individuals that are capable. Those technologies aren't going to do anything for you. They're not going to manage themselves. They're not going to prevent you a or present you a pretty dashboard or any metrics of any kind. Right. It very intelligent humans to do. And so what I, what I what I like to what I like to think is that um, you know there's a there's a job out there for everybody. Um, to do that they want to do that they they have joy in doing right and so what I don't like to see and so try to find that person but don't try to reward people falsely with what I like to call like empty titles Mm -hmm. like you've got one IT guy you're going to call him the vice president of information technology when they're doing the help desk they're you know installing Microsoft office as well as configuring ACLs on the firewall and then you want to expect them to do IT security too so maybe you'll give them a CISO title or a you know, some form of a CTO title when they're really just a grunt and those people, you're going to burn them out and they're going to go someplace else and and find more meaningful work. That's, you know, not just title driven.
1: And It probably pays more. Probably does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, and, and I don't know, I mean, you have to spend money on good people. And um, unfortunately, there's no way around that. If you, especially if you want to keep them, and and you don't have to pay a high dollar for people, but I think you need to you need to staff accordingly, right? You can't have one person that you pay hundred and forty grand to do everything. It's not sustainable. It'd be better to have, you know, three, you know, seventy-five or eighty thousand dollar employees. So you have some sort of a backup plan if somebody leaves and you have some sort of a you know, tribal knowledge of 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 installed devices that is hopefully getting documented.
1: Yeah. And when you do that, you have to have the expectation you're gonna lose at least one of them eventually if not all oh. of them, as they grow through the position.
2: Always, because just like in those phases you're talking about, everybody's looking to go from, you know, the, into their next phase of of, of life and of, of um, practice for their discipline. And if you're not giving them that capability at their place of work, they will go find it yeah. um, because they're going to try to grow as a professional, right? Especially IT security professionals. It's a, it's a, um, you know, you can't, even if you go to a, a you know, a school for, for an undergraduate in this, it's a, it's constant learning. I mean, you're learning new stuff every day. And if you're working in an organization that won't let you do the coolest new stuff you need to, you're going to go find it someplace
1: else. Well, exactly. I mean, you look at your security stack or your IT stack, and, and, and if you're five years behind the times or three years behind the times, you're killing the person's resume, which is killing their longevity. So you need to keep up with your technology and that's keep them up, keep them trained. I mean, and keep in mind too that, Conversation is important, but most technical people were technical before they were paid to do it, right? I mean, Laura, you you started fooling around with computers when you were, what, 10 or younger?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, nerds are going to be nerds, right? Technicians are going to be technicians. And, you know, here's the thing is that it, it doesn't cost a lot of money to give your security folks a lab where they can, you know, they can vet software, right? I mean, because, you know, let's talk about every VAR out there is trying to sell you something new, demo it right? Throw it in the lab and run a demo of it, you know, demo the product for, you know, two, three weeks. Um, see if anything, you know, gives you an opportunity to play with stuff, gives your staff, well, really your staff an opportunity to play with stuff, right? And then it, it'll, it out of it, you'll have new technologies and capabilities that you might not have known about before um, by letting them have this, this lab, right? Definitely. Good.
0: Yeah, good point. I think that's, that's leaps and bounds above a, uh, a foosball table and a, and a keg of beer in the office, even.
2: I think the keg of beer should be there, but I mean, yeah. that's cliche. You're right. Everybody wants to put in a, and I love table tennis. I love playing pool, but I would rather have a lab, you know, chassis and one in the IT security room um, so that I could do stuff on rather than go play foosball. You know what I mean?
0: I, I, yeah. And I think that's an excellent point, you know, and a differentiator if you can, if you can structure your organization in a way that allows a, even a, a specified amount of time and all the big, you know, all the big um, Silicon Valley companies do this, but but for those who don't out there, you can structure your organization in a way that that segments off you know specified amount of time for your staff, especially your technical staff, to mess around in a lab environment or work on new projects or explore new skill sets. All those types of things. I think that's going to help um, tremendously in your retention because they're. Um, I hate to say it, but they're generally not married to the company that they're they're working for, you know, they, they can be poached by the, by the highest bidder somebody that gives them that opportunity to grow and develop in their career. And so especially in those early phases, I mean, going, going back to your point, Mike, kind of the newbie and beginner phase, if you're thinking from the shoes of the person that you want to hire, what do they want? You know, they want opportunity to excel, grow in their career, um, do, you know, play around with new things, learn new skill sets, all of that, and be in kind of a, you know, energizing environment, right? Um, as they go further into their career, those needs are going to change, right? You're going to get into more um, stability. They're going to have things like families to think about and, uh, right. Right. and vacation time and all of that. So consider what you're, instead of just putting a blanket, you know, a blanket ad out for, hey, I need this person. Um, think about what really appeals to the person in that phase of their career. Where are they going to be and how can you, how can you tailor the environment?
1: Exactly. And, you know, keep in mind too, is that the environment, the political atmosphere is key. Most IT people, I would say 99.9% can't stand politics. Don't want a part of it. Don't want anything to do with it. Don't want to hear about your office intrigue. Couldn't care less. And you immerse your people in that you're going to lose them. And if you have, you know, good pay in a bad environment may keep them around for a while. Not good pay or okay pay in a bad environment, you're losing resources fast. Um, The environment that you work in, now I'm not saying, you know, like when I got in the dot-com here, I mean, we had stock fridge and power beers and, you know, pizza on demand and, you know, margarita machine that was turned on at four o'clock every day. He's played pool with the CEO and whip his butt, Um, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's the industry has evolved since then, but you still have to create a good environment that people want to work in and people will t- will take a lower paycheck to work in a good environment. And I think, you know, we've seen that in a lot of places. So,
0: And what are your thoughts on when people are really looking for, uh, let's, let's take the scenario of a company that's looking to bring in um, maybe a senior security professional for the first time, right? Maybe they have an IT team, but no security professionals in house. Um, what would your advice be to them as far as um, what is that senior person a person that's going to run the show for them uh, from a security perspective what are they expecting what are they going to need in order to take that position
1: Well they're going to need some autonomy uh, they're going to need respect for what they've occurred uh, they've ac- um, accomplished through their career right and they don't need to be second guessed by you know, someone who's seen the latest and greatest fad they, they are a solid IT professional so the first thing is autonomy The second one is let them build some of their team. Um, They're going to want to have their people in place. So if you've got holdovers or people that they don't get along with, you need to allow them to build their team properly. And definitely a vote for sure. I mean, not dictatorial control, but definitely a vote in the IT or the direction of the company from a security perspective or an IT perspective. And there needs to be an understanding for that person of what the business's goals are and what the security goals are and there needs to be an equal balance of what of the security person's input it can't just be steamrolled by the business you have to realize that that security person especially at the senior level has valuable experience is there to protect you not to hurt you not to kill sales but is there to protect the company to ensure its longevity and and really what it comes down to a lot of you know is respect you know i have a soapbox moment that I call out in the book. And it comes from actual experience where, you know, security SMEs are talking about things and they're being shouted down or argued with by PMs or, you know, VPs or directors or managers who have no idea what they're talking about. And then they're not backed up by their, their management. That can't happen. You're going to lose that resource immediately. And they're going to find another place to go in a heartbeat. Really it's autonomy and respect. I think are the top two. And, and you have to have them be able to have that level of respect from other people outside the IT organization. So, Well,
0: well said, you know, you know, another thing I've, I've seen um, too is just a commonality among, among those people either stepping into a security role for their organization and taking over that responsibility or, or coming in from the outside and doing it is um, they're very much um, uh, vision driven as well. They want to see, they have something in mind for the organization. They have things they wanna do and accomplish. And I think uh, understanding what that is for that, that individual and reinforcing that, working with that, bringing it up um, on a regular basis can, can certainly help, right? Cause they they see themselves as maybe going to uh, eventually gain uh, maybe a CISO title or something like that and, and building out that, that security team uh, with them. Like you mentioned, Mike, that's a great thing. And, and it's, you know, starts with the decision that if you're going to hire somebody, you're going to trust them and you're going to get out of their way a bit and let them do their, their work, but then also support that, that bigger picture that they have in mind um, and, uh, and and try to reinforce it and help, help turn that into reality. And I think, I think that can go a long way. And I, I think that regardless of the level of person you're looking for, um, they all have a, Picture in their minds, whether they they articulate it or not, they have a picture in their minds of kind of where, what they're looking for out of the job, what what that that ideal uh, work environment uh, looks like to them, and and what they want out of it. And so, if you can kind of get down to the, the root of that, uh, make sure that that's in alignment with what the the company has in mind and needs. And then and then if so, um, it could be a great fit. You know, as long as you're you're serious about Sporium, not just because uh, the opposite, of course, is people hire. You know, they hire security professional almost to check the block, and then they say, "Okay, well, you know, now that you're here, this is how it's going to be, and this is what you need to do." And yeah, yeah. that's
1: that's when they move on right away. So yeah, you're going to lose that resource almost immediately.
0: This is uh, a fascinating topic. I think we're going to have uh, quite a few more episodes on this um, in the future. Just various aspects. We'll we'll dive into more detail. Um, have some guests on the show and such talking about this, this very part, because it is so critical. But for now, a recap, put yourself in the shoes of the person that you're trying to hire. Understand what that expertise is that you need, get some outside support. If you don't understand what you need, get a consultant, get somebody in there to help you paint that picture, um, have some clarity, get it documented, but then put yourself in the shoes. What, what level of the, uh, their career path is this person in that you need? Are they entry level? Are they brand new? right out of school, right out of certifications, uh, or are they senior? And, and in which case, what's going to be important to them at that phase in their life? Think through that, write it down, and uh, make sure that you treat this process carefully. Don't just kind of stick it through the usual HR protocols uh, because it's just not going to be as effective. Um, take take a personal interest in it for those of you who are, are organizational leaders and, and really show interest in the the people that you're trying to um, bring on board because it is a competitive hiring market out there. And that's just what, what has to be done in this day and age to make it work. Um, so, but in doing so you'll have an asset that will pay large dividends over time and it will cost you a lot less over time, as opposed to having turnover, which of course is, it's incredibly expensive. So any final Thoughts, comments, smart remarks before we jump off here today?
2: Well, I got a smart remark. <laughs> really? You? No. I had, to, I had to work really hard for it, but, um, <laughs> you know, back to the trust your people, you know, when, when my pool guy comes here, I'm not out there, you know, scrutinizing every little thing he does. All I care about is that the pool stays nice and I can swim in it when I want to. So I trust him. Yeah. I don't care what, you know, what methods he uses, they work for him. They work for all of us. So, you know, Uh, Again, you know, trust your people.
1: Absolutely. Uh, One of the things that I would say is, you know, I agree with that too, Laurel, but train them, allow them to get their CPE. It's mandatory. CPE is mandatory to maintain those certs that you required them to get get their job for. If they need a half day to go to an ISAC meeting or an IC Square meeting or something of that nature, let them have the half day. They need the time. They need to get the CPEs um, and support it pay for them to get a training class. It's it's not that big of a deal. Um, give them the time, keep them trained. And yeah, you may be promoting or be contributing to them, leaving you and going someplace more expensive. However, while they're there, you're showing them you care about them, you care about their career and that you are going to go ahead and uh, support them and ensure the company is staying ahead of the curve.
0: Excellent point. And to add to that, guess where the best place is to find additional team members, right? It's, it's through the ones that you already have and trust and, th- and they're going to meet people and expand their network by going to these events, going to these meetings. Um, even if they are virtual, they're still going to expand their own network of tech professionals and they'll be able to help you grow your team um, better than just putting an ad out for uh, you know a certain resource. So, all good stuff. Well, thank you all for listening. Reach out with any questions, comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, rate us on your your favorite podcast platform, and and uh, love to get your feedback. We're always working to improve. So please just take a moment to do that, and we will chat with you again next week. Have a great day. Take care. Pick up your copy of the Cyber Rants book on Amazon today. And if you're looking to take your cybersecurity program to the next level, visit us online at www.silencesector.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Cyber Rants Podcast.